Migrants in Ireland. Hi and welcome to the next episode of Migrants in Ireland. And we're talking to a migrant from Nigeria today. He's a very interesting man. His name is Barnabas Agor and um, he is an Igbo and has a lot to tell about uh, his work for the Biafran cause. My name is Barnabas Agor and I am an evangelist. I pastor Christ Herald Ministry called CHM in short form. And I live here in Cork Island. So I came here in Cork 2004. And by God's grace, on the January 2005, I got my status to live here in Ireland. Oh, that was very fast, actually. Yeah. Mm. And that time, it was uh, at, um, what is it called? This village is far away from here. It's called Litrim. Litrim. Ballinamore in Litrim. Okay. So when we got the paper, because my wife had lived in Cork before, and she delights to live in Cork. She loves to live in Cork. Then we decided to move from because that, from Litrim, because that place is a small village. And we came and got accommodation in Balincolic. So since then, up to date, we have been living in Balincolic. With your children. You have children as well, don't you? Yeah, I have four kids. I have two, uh, three Boys and one girl. Okay. And how are they finding it? Um, the first son and the daughter, the second, was born in South Korea. And two of uh, the smaller ones are born in here. They are Irish. Okay. So you've uh, traveled quite a bit then, South I, Korea. Yes. Yeah. I traveled to South Korea in 1994 just to looking for a job. Okay. And uh, because of immigration, uh, status is tight to get So uh, I was not able to have citizenship because they don't give there. But I was living there with uh, what they call these seven status only for um, open a branch office as a trading office. So I operated it for some years, uh, helping the Nigerians coming over there to buy products to get through the warehouses because I can speak a little bit of uh, Koreans. Wow. So when the immigration problem gets so tough, then we decided, I decided to move to Ireland. Okay. And how do you find it? Are you happy with that decision so far? Yeah, of course, because uh, as you can see, I spent nine years in South Korea without uh, full documented. And um, the condition, when I was documented, like I told you, the, um, having the office in South Korea as self-employed person, there's so many restrictions. If you don't expose a certain level of export, they cannot renew your paper. So when okay. whichever year or month you are stuck with bringing documents showing your export uh, uh, receipt, they cannot extend the visa. So, but here now, when, they, when we were given leave to remain, uh, we were not given with a specific condition on how to leave, but they told us that you can do whatever you want to do. When I study, you want to self-employed, you can do it without limitation. So I, as I can say, this place is more preferable than South Korea because I have my liberty to do whatever I want to do. Okay, and, and you're doing very interesting things, don't you? Yeah. You're, you're studying? Yes, I'm studying here uh, in Menut University. I'm studying philosophy and theology. I'm in second year right now. 
So I'm hoping to go to third year, which is the final year by this coming September. And I love the job I'm doing there because uh, I'm being equipped with myself. And I'm hopefully by this, by September next year, I would like to switch to law wow. because, because of what I'm doing for the beer France. Mm-hmm. And um, philosophy has a link with the, with the law. So I have made the inquiry with the career office and they told me that I could switch over to law if I wish and which definitely I wish to do that. Okay, wow. And do you travel up and down to Menus and uh, to... Yes, I I used to take a coach every weekend. I will come back Friday evening after the lectures and on Sunday evening I will be traveling again. A lot of traveling is, uh, is involved. When I drop in Dublin, I have to wait for some time, a lo- very long time to get a bus because uh, I live in Selbridge. I took accommodation in Selbridge and there is a lot of cold in during the winter that I stand on the road waiting for the bus. But I am very much motivated because I, I want to get myself educated. I need it and I want to use it for my people and for myself and family as well. Yeah, your wife is a website developer, I think. Yes, yes, yes. And when we came in here, she went to the College of uh, St. John College, not College of Commerce, I want to say. St. John's College, she did the primary studies of uh, web designing. Then after all, she go in. She wanted to get admission in CIT to do the degree course, but um, the quorum, the the quarter they take from inside Ireland uh, is very minimal. They take forty percent from outside the country. So during her own time, it was only two students they accepted in the CIT from Ireland. Every other one is from Germany, from outside the country, in that very web-developing mm. department anyway. So, but uh, after that, she engaged herself in an online studies, uh, taking some private studies, and uh, she's increasing and multiplying, uh, gaining more values to add into the primary course that she took in St. John's College. It's very good to see such active people and you're so learning, learning. That's amazing. It's amazing. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's course. very, very good. Yeah. And tell me now, um, because you mentioned Biafra there, what are you doing there? In Well, uh, Biafra is a course that I was so much delighted to involve myself into. Um, 1967, Nigerian had war, the civil war. And this, uh, the cause of the civil war is that um, because we have three major tribes in Nigeria, during the, the British colony, when they want to leave, they handed power over to the northern Nigeria. The leader of the northern uh, oligarchy decided that the, the power that British gave to them was a kind of compensation to them for the battle that uh, Ottoman Danfodio lost during the imperial master's regime. And um, they wanted to use us as slaves, and uh, they begin to marginalize us. And uh, my people from my tribe, the Igbo tribe, we are travelers. We, we travel much, and we are very much industrious. 
and uh, we don't believe in sitting down and waiting for heaven to give you something to eat. So these uh, northern oligarchies are very envious about us. They are the ones they are ruling. They are the leaders. But they said we took their jobs and they begin to slaughter people, begin mm-hmm. to kill the eastern people and tell them to go back to their very land. And uh, at a time, they tried to negotiate to see if there could be peace. They went to Ghana to have a kind of conference, conference they called uh, um, Aburi. That meeting of Abori, the, the general Ojuku, who is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Biafra, uh, had an agreement with the northern leaders and the Nigerian government to have peaceful fed- confederacy. But when the northerners went back and sent the information to Britain, the British government told them that what you have signed is your death warrant if you allow that to be so they nullify the agreement. Then the killing started. So you could now declare the Republic of Biafra. So our people were by truck, by train, going home. And still they went to the highway, stopped the trucks, stopped the train, massacre people, they kill. So when war, war broke, my two brothers was involved. They registered as a volunteer at the beginning of the war to fight to defend their fatherland. So, but two of them, up to now, we haven't seen anybody, whether okay. they are dead or not, but we assume they are dead. They must have been quite young, no? Yeah, mm. I'm very young that time. And my father was killed in my presence. They caught our family while we were trekking, going home. And what they do is when they caught, they take the elderly people or people who are very young and not vibrant, who can fought. What they would do is just to shoot them in rampage. So my father was given a shovel to dig a, 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 a grave and they told him to enter into the grave and he entered, they shoot him in the front of my, my mother, my brothers and, and all that sister. So after the war, the thing devastated our family. And um, every time in our family, we discuss about this war and the impact that this mm-hmm. war created in our family. And myself, every day I have anticipation that the Biafra will eventually come to be. So when I grow now with that mindset that I have within me, I decided to walk or do anything that could make us re- realize the Biafra. So one day I was, my wife was searching internet. She saw a radio, an internet radio station called Radio Biafra London. And uh, she called me and told me about this. So eventually I began to make inquiries to get in touch with the people who are involved and the people who are leading the course. So I got in touch with them. I became involved and we were told to be making a lot of a kind of contribution of money for equipment to buy um, satellite disc or whatever that we can use to put ourselves into media to advertise ourselves and project ourselves to the world for the world to know our problem. So I was involved at a time. They made me a uh, Irish national coordinator. But yeah, as time goes on, because of my, my seriousness and uh, the type of work that I put in into, into the Biafrancos, they changed me to European representative. So all the coordinators in the European 
zone. They pass information to me and uh, I coordinate them and bring the information give to another guy that is called Ikech Kwenyago that is in Malaysia at that time. He is the coordinator for all the coordinators. Until at a certain stage where the guy who is the director of the radio station was using too many um, is in, in fact inciting violence and uh, mm-hmm. uh, using hate speeches that uh, which sometimes when you hear it you will not be comfortable with it so I try to tell him that he should moderate this thing and bring it low uh, he couldn't listen when he came here in Cork I'd, I talked to him one on one and told him that uh, uh, the way you are speaking, if you continue like that, we cannot succeed because we need friends. You speak against Pentecostal Church, you speak against the Catholic Church, you speak against the government of the world, embassies, and every. Say, who do we go and sit down and discuss our issues if we criticize and condemn all this? So he got offended and uh, he removed me as the member of the executive and. Uh, from there, I would draw myself. And you're now starting your own? Yes. Uh, not actually that I'm starting my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I was contacted by uh, someone from Nigeria who is a member of a member of the customary government in the Biafran cause, and uh, he continued approaching me through Facebook and Facebook because he knew the work that I've done in the other side. And I was reluctant. At the time, I gave him consent and um, we begin to discuss the issue. And I took some number from him and make some inquiries to find some accusation laid by the other guy against them uh, to find the truth behind it. Because I, I, we were all brainwashed with what he said against the Biafran government, the customary government we have. So when I found out that uh, the accusation was not... Uh, properly it's not legitimate it's false accusations and there is a power kind of power tussle that resulted to the, for this accusation to come up so i consented and um, i agreed to work with them okay so i promised them that i'm going to uh, set up a, an internet radio and this internet radio we are going to work i'm going to work on chris biafran struggle on a christian concept it will not be the one to insult people but try to educate people tell them what they don't know and try to see if we can make any diplomatic move that could help us to make friends so we're looking forward to uh, listening to what would you call it you think your radio uh, the radio is bc radio one okay and uh, this is called biafran christian radio one okay and uh, as of now it is on the air and you're really looking for a peaceful way of uh, creating a better way of, for the Biafrans to do you want to do you see it more as um, that you like self-rule or something in, in Nigeria for Biafrans yeah we want to have our self-determination self-rule yeah. as you, like you just said we have to we want to have our sovereign government and uh, we have a case in the United Nations and which we present the Biafran issue and we have also a case in Nigeria, a lawsuit against the Nigerian government for oppressing us and not allowing us to have our indigenous right. On the 25th of last month, 
our case was presented to the United Nations and they gave us an observatory status. And last December, the AU African Union gave us an observatory status also. So we can we are now part, uh, partial part of a member of the United Nations. That's so amazing. What we are intend to do now is to educate our people for a peaceful demonstration because in this contemporary age, you don't need to use force or killing people in order to present your case. You have to demand for your right and present to the world why you need this one, why it belongs to you. Then they will listen to you. And we need to have uh, friends because some of these world powers like British that colonize us, they always ask questions. What do you have in the table for us? And nobody have given them answer to that. And that is where we are making mistakes because the politics is give and take. Yeah. If you don't give, you cannot take. Okay. Very, very interesting. We could go on for hours about this, but unfortunately we have to stop it here. But I wish you all the success and I'm looking forward to listening to you on the radio. Thank you very much, Rose. So that was Barnabas Agor from Nigeria, a very proud Biafran. And um, I wish him all the success with his new venture in the radio. And that's it for uh, today. We'll uh, come back to you soon with another migrant. And I do hope you enjoyed this. And if you would like to um, join us and tell your own story, why not get in touch with me on Facebook? So the Facebook page is just Migrants in Ireland. And you can leave me a message there and I will contact you. Or on the blog, you can leave a message as well. Thanks very much for listening and till next time. <laughs>